The feast that we celebrate today has so much depth to it, it's, it's inexhaustible. But just ponder for a few moments how the Eucharist that we celebrate today goes back to the very early, earliest community of Christianity. Said so they voted, devoted themselves in the book of Acts to the teaching of the apostles, to prayer, communal life, and the breaking of the bread. And in Luke's gospel at the end, it talks about how their hearts were burning as Christ spoke to them and how they came to recognize him in the breaking of the bread. That breaking of the bread, that Eucharist, St. Paul refers to in Corinthians, that's one of the oldest, it probably is one of the oldest letters in the New Testament. It's probably older than the four Gospels. And it's not the bread we break, the sharing in the body of Christ. And it's not the cup we drink, a sharing in the blood of Christ. This is foundational to our faith, our understanding of why we gather with one another to be fed and nourished by the Lord. We don't have to nourish ourselves on this life journey. It's the Lord who offers himself to us to feed and nourish us on this journey. What a wonderful gift that we have been given and has been passed down for over 2,000 years. You know, generation after generation after generation. So every time we partake in it, we are partaking of the life-giving body and blood of Christ that has held the church community together, that has united us with one another throughout all the centuries, through all of that history that has fed and nourished the, the Christian community century after century. So just ponder that a little. Um, that's just the introduction. <laughs> But I'd like to focus on three things today in regard to the Eucharist. Um, first of all, when we receive Christ in the Eucharist, what we're also clearly receiving is the sacrificial love for us. The Eucharist and the crucifixion are really one. Christ laid down his life for us, and in the Eucharist he's giving his very self, his life to us. And in the giving the gift of his life to us, he's giving the same love that he had for he laid down his life for us. And we're sharing in that sacrificial love. He loves us with his entire being, his entire self. And the gift of love that we're receiving is the one expressed as he poured out his life on the cross. Okay, that's the first point. Second point is um, it's a point that I'm making because I'm not sure that we often catch it during the Mass itself. When we do the preparation of the gifts, after I finish at the altar, then I say, invite you to prayer. Pray, my brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. 
I'm never quite sure if, if the Catholic community realizes that their sacrifice, what is the sacrifice that you are making when I say that my sacrifice and yours, what is the sacrifice that you're being called to offer to Almighty Father as we offer this bread and wine? The gift of your life. Whatever your life is about, married or single, working, whatever your life is, whatever makes up your life, that is the gift that I'm asking you to say, may your gift, may your sacrifice be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. And so to take time to ponder, what is that gift that you're bringing and placing on the altar that we're offering to God? And then that bread and wine symbolizes our human gift. And often, if you pay attention to the 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 prayers at the offering, um, it speaks about, often it mentions the exchange. We bring bread and wine to offer to God, symbolizing our lives, and in exchange for that, he offers the life of his son, the bread and wine that's been consecrated, that now is the gift of the life of Jesus himself that is being given to us. So we bring our human gift of all that our life is about, and we receive in return the gift of the divine life of Jesus. What an exchange. Who comes out ahead on that one? <laughs> but it's just that God desires us that much and wants to receive that gift that we are offering that he wants to give us even more than we could ever give to him. So that's what that exchange is about. And I wondered how many times in Mass it just kind of slips over. Um, so of pondering of the gift that you're bringing, one of the saints, and I, I forget which one of the saints was, she was praying and telling God she wanted to offer him everything of her life. And she heard God say to her, well, give me that which most belongs to you that you always keep to yourself. And she said, what is that? He said, your sins. <laughs> you never offer me your sins. <laughs> and he, she, he said, that's what most belongs to you. That's what is really yours. But I want that too. Because God does want that because he wants to sanctify even that and bless it and by his love to overcome that brokenness we carry. So just a little quote there. The third point I wanted to make out was the bond with Christ in the Eucharist is also a bond that unites us with one another. Think of the images of the bread that is made out of many grains of wheat that have been ground into flour that make the bread. One grain doesn't make the bread. We ourselves never make the body of Christ. <laughs> Together we are the body of Christ. And we know one grape makes the wine. All the grapes that crushed and joined together 
are made into the wine. So our participation is a corporate participation that we are united with one another in sharing in the body and blood of Christ because it is one bread and one cup is not the loaf we share, one, St. Paul was saying in that second reading, there's one loaf, one body. And so together it's a symbol of unity with one another. But what I was really wanting to get to at that particular point was, um, notice through Scripture, I mean through the Gospels, how many times Jesus' ministry is taking place at the table. <laughs> the table, okay. But how many times it takes place at the table? Not in the sanctuary, but table in homes. And I was just wondering, as the church, our diocese is trying to move toward evangelization and outreach to many, if that may have been a lesson that Jesus gave us, a great way to do fellowship might be in sharing meals with others and sitting down at table with others, not people we necessarily even know, but in the community around us, if we would invite people to sit down at table with us, that we could meet one another, that we could get to know one another, would there not be a healing perhaps of the divide that we find, the racial divide and even the divide within the church? There are very few blacks who are part of the Catholic faith community. But if we would try to engage that way and start sitting down at table with one another and sharing our stories with one another and hearing the stories of others, that aren't so much like us, do you think the body of Christ would not be built through that? Do you think that Christ would not be a part of that? Especially as so often it was sitting down at table that he did a lot of his teaching. So maybe he's given us a way that we haven't yet caught on to as a way really of evangelizing, of sharing, not proselytizing, but actually becoming one with one another as he became one with us. It always, his whole incarnation is becoming one with the human family. He offers himself to each of us, but to each one he desires to be one with. I just wanted to throw that out because talking about evangelizing, that might be one of the simplest ways to go about it and one of the most life-giving ways to go about it is not trying to convert somebody into something else. It's rather trying to become one with them and they also one with us. That will go a whole lot farther than the sword ever went in conversion. God bless.